Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Stand to your feet. Turn with your Bibles with me. Are you with me this morning? Luke chapter 1. And this is going to be the first message that we're actually going to start in regards to Christmas time. And I love speaking on Christmas because there are so many powerful principles that are found in the Christmas story that no matter what you're facing today, there's hope. And in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, if you're there, say amen. If you're turning there, say amen. I want you to pick up this story of a young lady by the name of Mary. And I want you to see that this young lady just has, she, she has plans, she has hopes, she has dreams. And all of a sudden, God shows up and totally disrupts everything that she had planned. Everything that she had put together in her life, everything that she had designed, God shows up. And look what happens here in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth. What was the angel's name? To a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. What was the virgin's name? And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Everyone say Joseph. Joseph. A descendant of King David. Now, Now check this out. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to understand, first of all, when we talk about marriages from the Old Testament, they're much different than what we see today, okay? Uh, When you were going to get married in those times, they were usually arranged marriages, and when someone was interested in marrying or bringing families together, it wasn't about marrying two people, it was about bringing families together, bringing families to make that family more powerful, more influential, And so if a young man wanted to marry a young lady, uh, you didn't just go to a bar. You didn't just walk up to her at school. You didn't just say, hey, what's going on, girl? You know, you know what? You you look so good. And, you know, just start, you know, you're throwing your lines and everything. If I could rearrange the alphabet, I would put you and I together. You know, you know, if you were a tear in my eye, I would not cry for fear of losing you. Or like my wife did when she met me, she grabbed my butt and said, is this seat taken? Whoa. I said, it is now. <laughs> but it, that, that's not how it worked in those days. You would, the, you would actually bring your, the, 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 the uh, young man would bring his father and his family over to the young lady's house, and the father would sit there, and they would come to an agreement on the cost for his daughter. The father, everyone say father. The father determined the value of his daughter. Still true today by the words we speak, by the value that we add to them. And so the father determined how valuable that daughter would be. And then after they would come into agreement for that, what would happen is the young man would then go and he would begin to build a place for his future wife. And before, there was no setting of a wedding date. 
Uh, we're going to get married, send out invitations. The bride at that point had to be ready for when her husband would show up to pick her up. He would go and prepare a house for her. Come on, somebody. Get it prepared. Put it together. The father would, of the bride would come and approve the house and say, okay, this house is suitable for my daughter. And then they would go in a procession to go surprise the fiancé to say the wedding's happening today. So the bride would always have to be ready once she was engaged. What's that sound like? Jesus says, behold, I go and prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And as soon as that place is ready, Jesus is going to come down to pick up his bride. Come on, somebody. And so I want you to see what's going on. I think if we did things that way today, where husbands had to pay for their wives we would have less divorces take place. Right? Because men hate to lose money. Right? You got cars that keep breaking down on you, but you've invested so much into that car, you won't get rid of the car. If we had to spend some, some investment into getting this relationship, we would take more time and more care for it. Now, let, let me take you somewhere. First thing I want you to see is this, is that we all have plans. Everyone say plans. Mary had a plan, and we all have plans in life. We make plans for vacation. We make plans for our future. We make retirement plans. We have all these plans that we make in life, and every one of us has plans. Mary was no different. She had plans to get married. She was engaged to this man by the name of Joseph, and I can imagine Mary taking time and and laying out how her future looks. She had all these things planned until the angel showed up. And the angel shows up and the angel totally disrupts her plans. I want you to understand and see something. That Proverbs chapter 14, a couple of scriptures I want to give to you. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's, it's the end, but its end is the way to death. Proverbs 14, 12. And it also says in Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans, someone say plans, of a man's heart or a person's heart. But the Lord's purpose, everyone say purpose, is that prevails. So we make a lot of plans in life, but when God shows up, God's purpose will always trump your plans. Come on. God's purposes will always trump or override your plans in life. And I need you to understand that our plans are good. Listen, Mary's plan to get married was a good plan. Someone say amen. How many know marriage is good? Now, you might not be married to the right person, okay? It may not have worked out, but marriage is good. How many know having kids is good? You might want to kill your kids right now, but having kids, it's a good thing, right? All the moms and dads are smiling right now. See, I need you to understand there are good plans, but then there are God plans. There's a difference between a good plan and a God plan. And Mary had a good plan. Many of you have good plans in your life. You have good plans to get an education, to get a job, to get married, to start a family. But I need you to understand that when God shows up in your life, God will always take away your good plan and give you a God plan. He will give you a plan that is greater than the good. Instead of settling for good in life, God has always wanted the best for you in life. You will never have the great in life as long as you settle for the good. 
You will never be a great husband if you're satisfied being a good one. You'll never have a great job if you're satisfied with a good one. You'll never be a great player if you're satisfied being a good one. I'm here to tell you this, that there's something that God moves through dissatisfaction. Problem is, is many of us are too satisfied. You're just happy with getting by. But God didn't create you to get by. He created you to dominate and to have dominion. Now, now I want you to see what happens. The angel appears. You got you to understand, this, is, this girl's probably about 13 to 16 years old. Because in those days, that's how young they got married. Okay? As soon as they hit puberty, they were ready to start having a family. And so there, she's ready to get married. This angel shows up and says, hey, you're favored. And she's like, why, thank you. And she, it freaked her out. It literally freaked her out. Why? Look at verse 29 of Luke chapter 1. Look what it says. Look at the first two words it says in the scripture. What was she? Confused. Have you ever left church confused and disturbed? If you've ever sat in any one of my preachings, I guarantee you you've left confused and disturbed. Because I need you, even though God's not a God, that God's a God of order, not of disorder or confusion, there are times that what God shows up and gives to you causes confusion and disturbance. Because when you have a plan in life, a direction in life, I guarantee you when God showed up to Saul and knocked him off that horse and appeared to him, Paul ended up confused and disturbed. When Moses walked away from the burning bush, I guarantee you he was confused and disturbed. When you have an encounter with God, when you've set things up in your life and you walk away from the presence of God, there's going to be times you're going to be confused and disturbed. Mary tried to, as the Bible says, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think, what could the angel mean? That, the Greek word there is a compound word. It's two words put together. And it literally means to throw into confusion, to stir up, or to disturb. And it's the only place that this word is found throughout the whole Bible. It's not used anywhere else. And it's the, it, it means to stir up thoroughly. To make sure you ter- totally stir things. I need you to understand that many of us will not change until we've been stirred. Oh, come on, somebody. Say it again, Pastor. You will never change your life until you've been stirred enough to change. Until you go through stirring in your physical body, you will not get healthy. Until you get stirred up in your marriage, you will not begin to work on your marriage. Until you get stirred up financially on the verge of bankruptcy, you will not get things in order. Until you stir it up as far as that addiction and realize I can't break it on my own, will you get help? It takes a stirring in our lives sometimes. Some issues that agitate us, that move us. Many of us in our lives are wondering, why am I always in a state of Agitation. Why is something always going wrong? It's because there's trying to be a moving to get you to make a decision to change. Mary was honored that this angel showed up, but the encounter left her confused. Everyone say confused. Now, now she was unrest. She was just agitated. And you know what? It's okay when you come into the presence of God and you leave agitated. Have you ever left here and something's stirring in your spirit? You know, you're, you're walking out and you hear the way things should be and you look at the way things are. And you're looking at the gap between where you're at and what the promises of God say you should be. 
That should cause agitation. That should cause a moving. And come on, somebody, you got to catch this. And so it's okay to be agitated. It's okay. But some, our thinking has to be stirred in order for us to come out of certain things. Second thing I want you to see is this. God doesn't always show up. Say amen if you agree with this. God doesn't always show up at a convenient time. Say it again, Pastor. God doesn't show up always at a convenient. Sometimes God shows up at a really bad point. Now, th- think of it. If I was God and I was going to appear to Mary, I would have probably showed up on their wedding night. Right when they're about to consummate the marriage, I would have been the angel showed up and said, stop. So now this is what we're going to do. You're going to back away from her because she's a virgin right now. And we're going to keep it that way. But to protect her reputation, what I'm going to do is you're going to have the son of God. But the son, you're, you're, not, you're going to just act like you guys are. But you're not going to because I'm going to and you're going to carry. Okay? That's what I, that's what I would have done. But instead, God shows up before the house is done. They're engaged, but Joseph hasn't finished her place yet. And so now she's found with child because it looks now like she got pregnant outside of wedlock. You got to think about it. Why, why, why is when Mary said yes to God, she was literally taking her life into her own hands because she could have been stoned and killed for getting pregnant outside of wedlock in those days. It was dangerous to say yes. She had to count the cost before she went there. And here she is in this point. God shows up at a point where it seems like, God, your timing is pretty bad here. You showed up at a time, I'm preparing for a wedding, and now this is going to cause some problems. I got to tell Joseph about this. How am I going to explain to Joseph that it wasn't, a dude that got me pregnant, but the Holy Spirit. Let one of your daughters try that today. See how well that goes over. Dad, don't get mad. It was the Holy Spirit that overcame me. <laughs> and we know that you got that. She didn't understand something. I want you to recognize this. She didn't understand that what seemed like an interruption from God was actually an invitation from God. That that interruption was literally an invitation from God to say this. Listen, God's interruption became an invitation. God was inviting Mary to be part of the process of the salvation of all mankind. Do you understand that the interruptions you have in life is that God literally is trying to use you to be part of the salvation of mankind, of trying to bring the remedy to the problems that our world is facing, that every time there's an interruption, that what God is literally doing is inviting you to come in and be the solution to what's going on in the world. That's what it's all about. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. You're going to clap, clap like you mean it this morning. I want you to understand that God is still doing the same thing today. God is using your interruptions to be an invitation to transform the world. God wants to take what you seem as a problem, as an opportunity to step in and bring hope to this world today. I want you to see what happens in verse 30. Look at verse 30 with me. It says, 
the angel says this, don't be afraid, Mary, which means what? She's probably afraid right now, right? Because she just had this angel show up. Now, we're not talking a fat little chubby angel with a harp like Cupid, all right? Angel, angels were, 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 were angels of war. These guys were big. They were bad. And they, this guy shows up to this little girl and says, you're going to have a child. And she's freaking out. The angel says, listen, chill. Don't be afraid. Then he tells her what's going to happen. He says, you found favor with God. What's a trip is this? Mary wasn't even looking for favor with God. She was just serving God. She was just being faithful. And that God recognized and saw her faithfulness. Many times we're looking around trying to serve God. Just what we're trying to get people's attention. We want people to see what we're doing. Mary was just being. She was just being faithful. She was just being her. And God recognized it. Look what it says. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. You know what I love about this? Is the purpose of Mary wasn't just to conceive the child, but to deliver him. Come on, think about it. What do we celebrate? Do we celebrate your child's conception date? Because you don't even remember conception date, do you? Uh, well, I think it might have been. I don't, you don't have a clue of what conception date is, right? We celebrate what? Birthday. We celebrate the time that that child was delivered. The purpose of Mary getting this promise wasn't to conceive Jesus. The purpose of Mary getting this promise was to deliver Jesus. The purpose you accepted Christ wasn't for you to conceive Christ. The purpose that you received Christ was to deliver him. Say it again, Pastor. You, you are totally, you know, some of y'all just need to go home and go back to sleep right now because you're totally missing out on, on, on principles that, that, are, that are slamming home right now. That you think it's all about just accepting Christ, not realizing you were not created just to accept Christ. You were created to deliver him. We are to, to bring, it doesn't do any good just to accept Christ and do nothing with them and carry them around inside of you. It wasn't the point for Mary just to conceive Jesus. It was her, her responsibility to deliver him. Our responsibility is to deliver Jesus to a world that needs an encounter with God. Come on, somebody say Amen. Number three, and or if I can get some help as we close. Number three, God's purpose is always different than your plans. Somebody say amen. Mary's plan was just to get married. That's it. She didn't have any, you know, she, she wasn't thinking about when I say yes, they're going to have cathedrals built to me. They're going to have people saying rosaries to me. I'm going to be in every Catholic church on a statue. My image is going to be there. That's what, she wasn't thinking that. She was just thinking about being obedient to God. She was just thinking about, I have an opportunity here to say yes or no. God gave her the process. It was up to her to say yes and be obedient 
See, Mary couldn't understand it. Look what she says in verse 34. She says this, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. How how am I going to have a child? I've never been with a man. I know how things work. how, How can this be? Mary was not questioning God's ability. She was questioning God's process. And many times when God gives us a a promise, we question God's ability and the process. Mary never questioned God's ability. She was questioning the process. How is this going to happen? See, we all face impossible situations in life. The whole Christmas story is about impossibility. And many of you are sitting here right now facing an impossible situation. It's impossible for me to forgive that person. It's impossible for me to be set free from this condition. It's impossible for me to love that person or move on from that situation or to get my family back together or or to heal my marriage or to trust somebody again or to believe or to hope or to have faith. There's no way I can make it through this. It is impossible. But what you call impossible, with God, all things are possible. You might think it's impossible what you're facing right now. But you need to know that with God, nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing is impossible. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He makes this comment. He says, can you change your spouse? Those of you who have been married for a, for a minute? Where's Brother Dave at? Oh, way in the back there, bro. She looks like a bobblehead right now. Uh, seriously, can, can you change your spouse? You can't. Can God change your spouse? There it is. With God, not some things, all things. Somebody say all things. things. Now, now you said it because I asked you to. Now say it to yourself, all things. What are you facing right now? All things. What's impossible right now? All things are possible. All things. Yes, even the thing that you're thinking about right now. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. You got to get this into you right now. You need to make this declaration. All things are possible. See, the the angel tells her, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Someone needs to hear that this morning. I need you to understand what's so cool about this. God tells a young lady, Mary, that the Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow her. And she's going to have a child. You know what that tells me? That tells me that many of you here, when the promises of God are given to you, you don't need man to fertilize your promise. Oh, you missed that. You don't need a man to fertilize your promise when God gave you the seed. When God gives you the promise, I don't need men to come into agreement with that. You might not agree with the promise on me. You might not agree with what God said, but I don't need you to fertilize the word and the promise that God has given to me. Because when God speaks it, God alone will bring it about. God in me is all I need. 
If God said it, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of, proce- of, of promise. It's a matter of process. Many of us are so concerned about the process. Well, how is it going to happen? God didn't call us to understanding. He called us to obedience. And as we close, I, I want you to see what Mary says in verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Everyone say that with me. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you you have said about me come true. Say it again. May everything you said. Speak it over your life right now. What did I just speak over my life? Every promise that's in the word. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me. Can you say yes to God? Can you say yes to God? It's up to God for the outcome. It's up to me to be obedient. Outcome belongs to God. Obedience belongs to me. Can you say yes? Can you say yes? Because when you say yes to God, sometimes his purpose will overshadow your plans. But every time, his purpose is better than your plans. Every time. Every time. Pat, Pastor, I I, want to get married. No one's telling you you can't. I, I, I want a wife, I want a, I want a husband, I want kids, I want a, a house, a car. You know, When I went after God, it was in my going after God I found a wife. It was in my going after God I had some wonderful kids. It was in my going after God that I had doors open to me that I never knocked on. I'm experiencing blessings today not because I knocked on the door, but because I followed Christ. And it was in my following that these doors opened up to me. And I've come to realize this simple point is that when I follow Jesus, goodness and mercy will follow me. I don't have to run after blessing. Blessing will run after me. And many of us are running after blessing. You're not running after God. You're running after things. Those things aren't going to meet your need. When Adam and Eve sinned, they hid in creation, in the bushes, what God created. And many of us are doing the same thing today. We're hiding out in the creation that God blessed us with. You're hiding out in things and material things. You're hiding out in what money can buy or or, or in in alcohol and weed and and different substances. You're, You're hiding in creation instead of hiding in the creator. I want to encourage you right now, heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.